Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kiwi. Greetings. <laughs> Today we're going to be playing Android Netrunner, designed by Richard Garfield of Magic the Gathering. Oh wow, he's done... I just knew him from Magic the Gathering. Bunny yeah. Kingdom, King of Tokyo, Robo Rally. This man has had a solid career. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, Lucas Litzinger of Runebound and Star Wars Destiny. Uh, there's a lot of artists, just like Magic or uh, any card game. Um, and it was published in 2012 by Fantasy Flight Game. Welcome to New Angeles, a home... Okay, that was not... <laughs> I was expecting. <laughs> Welcome to New Angeles, home of the Beanstalk. From our branch offices in this monument of human achievement, NBN proudly broadcasts all your favorite media programming. We offer fully comprehensive streaming in music and 3D, news and sitcoms, classic movies, and senses. We cover it all. Ours is a brave new age. And as humanity hurdles into space in the future with an astonishing series of new advances each day, NBN and our affiliates are keeping pace, bringing you all the vid that's fit to view. The mechanics are action point, deck construction, hand management, race, secret unit deployment, take that, and variable player powers. Uh, and the box art uh, is... Um, yeah, I'm not even sure how you would describe it. It's got like a, a person on the front and they look like they're like hacking in. It's got like the classic like sci-fi. Yeah, I'm just going to wave my hands in the air and there's going to be like a gooey. Just yeah. kind of float there. Flying like a holographic Yeah, holographic gooey. Yep. And it looks like they have like a bunch of implants. And then there's like a, a person in the background that looks like they're they work in some sort of office. Get the corporate sort of, person. Yeah, corporate person. Um, it's got like a realistic-ish eh, kind um, of. type of style. I mean, other than it being science fiction-y. Yeah. Uh, and it's got this it, like it, weird hex grid on the background. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely seems very early 2010s. Yeah. In terms of like graphic design and all well, that kind of like stuff. Well, it looks like a graphic novel, like a cyberpunk graphic novel kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, so based on all this, would you pull it off a shelf? I don't think I would um, just because like, I, you know, my experience with, you know, the I don't think I've ever played a living card game. And I think they differ from a trading card game. But all my experiences with trading card games were I never had enough money to buy enough packs. So my decks always sucked and I would always get beat by the people that would just drop every single cent that they would get and just buy a billion packs and have a bunch of good cards. But the living card game design is different in that it doesn't do that. Like, you know exactly what you're buying when you buy a box. Uh, and it's always the same no matter what. So, but I was turned off of it because of the I, TCG experience. Uh, I mean, same. I was never got into Magic and we played a few here and there, but not enough to actually like play it frequently. Um, but I mean, it is nice that you don't have to pick like mystery packs um, and do that. But you're still these games are going to always have like new cards and new releases and you're going to have to be constantly buying and building and reformatting yeah. your deck and then the meta will change and you have to buy all new card sets and so i mean it's still a still not my thing just because of that kind of constant investment yeah and and i think for the most part like the reason why we put it on the list or I did is because like I've seen a bunch of people that were that like swear by it. Like Android Netrunner is the best game. It's their favorite game. And 
the fact that like Final or Fantasy Flight no longer supports it, but it picked up as like a like a fan made project. So it's now called Project Nisai. The art's different because they obviously can't use the Fantasy Flight art, but it's it's essentially the same exact game, and it's just like a not community run, but it's you know like a Wikipedia style. What do you call that? Like a yeah, so a bunch of people come together and like they still have like giant tournaments and all kinds of stuff. And like they're they're still publishing new cards um as like sets and stuff. But yeah, so it's it's interesting that like clearly it's so good that somebody was like, no, this this is gonna be this needs to continue to be a thing. Yeah. I've I've also heard that it's like the best of all the CCG card game type things. So yeah. All right. Um how do we think it's played? <laughs> yeah, um, so based based on that description, that description, that has nothing to do with anything, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it gives you anything. I don't have much. I'm going to say basically very similar to Magic, just because it's uh, kind of the same guy behind it. Um, don't know much about that either. Uh, <laughs> hand management, deck construction, race is interesting. So maybe it's like instead of a... It's like a race to the finish. So I'm guessing one of us is going to be playing the hacker and one of us is like the corporate security. And it's the okay. race to kind of like hack or prevent the hack of the system. Yeah. It's like, uh, what was that movie with uh, Swordfish with John Travolta and Halle Berry? They were like trying to hack into something. Uh, a secret unit. So I'm guessing that's just like you can play things face down. Take that. Obviously, there's going to be like canceling powers and stuff. I don't know. I'm picturing like... Magic the Gathering, but probably instead of like mana and monsters, you're playing like computer systems and like, and then the goal is going to be like the first one to reach a certain number of points. And that uh, like represents like the, the hacker or the hack of the system or something. Otherwise, other than that, um, there's some sitcoms involved. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the history of hacking into corporations um, with your, with your holographic GUI. I guess we could talk about uh, cyberpunk. Sure. Uh, so the the cyberpunk subgenre, which is like dystopian sci-fi, kind of got big in like the 70s because like you had Star Wars and stuff coming out and it was all this like, you know, Star Trek with this utopian stuff. And of course, there's going to be like the counterculture. So I think like the kind of early things came out with like comics and stuff like Judge Dredd, I think was maybe the first sure. cyberpunkish thing. Yeah, that's a good one. And then uh, the concept is like low life, but high tech. So like you have all these like AI and cybernetics and stuff like that. But everything is like instead of like, hey, all this is going to make things great in the future. It's like complete society to cat like collapse. So we think it like so not necessarily the expanse, all the portions of the expanse, but more like Blade Runner and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like Blade Runner, Judge Dredd, a bunch of things I've never heard of. Neuromancer. I think I've heard that, but I don't know anything yeah, about it. Yeah, there's there's some I've heard of, like Akira, like the Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm aware of that one. I've saw it a long time ago. You don't really remember much about it. But yeah, then like Blade Runner. And then obviously like newer stuff with um the Cyberpunk RPG and Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, all the video games and things like that. Matrix is pretty Kind of a bit cyberpunk, and then it kind of goes some different directions. Yeah, I can buy like, that. Yeah. The beginning of it is very cyberpunkish. Those are probably like the most successful ones. Uh, Final Fantasy is actually like when they go to kind of their futuristic stuff, especially seven is very cyberpunk. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with the, with the, 
I thought I thought that was like more steampunk because yeah, there was a lot of like well, steam driven stuff. Diesel punk is the technical term, but those are all all oh. these punks are based off. of like <laughs> I, I didn't realize there was a diesel punk. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, so steampunk is like you know Victorian steam age, and then diesel punk is like you know uh, combustion engine age, which is oh, very, okay. like Final Fantasy VII was like really had like that whole like industrial city kind of thing going on. Sure, okay, yeah, they're all kind of based on the concept of cyberpunk um yeah and then you usually have your like your your hackers who are usually like your criminal hackers and then your mega corporations that have taken over earth and that's usually like the the conflict is the the corporate types and the hacker types and then criminal elements and you know all that kind of stuff all right we could have done the history of cyberpunk 2077 and like why it failed as a video game but (laughs) yeah um okay so uh in this game one player takes the role of the runner a hacker seeking to bring down or profit from the systems of the lunar city of heinlein the other player is the core advancing their agendas to wring even more blood and profit from the lunar dust runners are attempting to expose the core's agendas before they can advance them stealing advancing earns their side agenda points the first side to seven agenda points is the winner to increase confusion, they've given known game elements different names. The draw deck is R&D for the core and the stack for the runner. The core's hand is the headquarters and the runner's hand is the grip. The core's discard is called the archives and the runner's is called the heap. Both sides install, which is play cards, the play area and trash, which is discard cards. Uh, and then there are two types of resources in the game. You have clicks, which look like melty clocks. Uh, who is it? Salvador Dali, right? That did the, the melty yep. clock painting. Yeah. Uh, and that represents time. And then we have credits, which look like rupees from Zelda, and they represent money. So just going to induce Classic a lot of confusion. cyberpunk Zelda. <laughs> yep. We're just going to be running around smashing pots. Um, the game takes place over a series of rounds where each player takes a turn. The core player will always go first, and the core's turn is broken down into three phases. So the first thing they're going to do is the draw phase. So they're immediately going to gain three clicks. Then they're going to resolve any of their cards that say when your turn begins, and then they're going to draw one card and that's mandatory. Then they'll go into the action phase. So they're going to take actions until they run out of clicks. Um, And if you have clicks remaining at the end of the turn, you just lose them. Uh, and you, they don't carry over from turn to turn. And then you're going to take your basic action. So for a single click, you can gain a credit or you can draw a card or you can play one operation from your headquarters, aka your hand. Um, some of them will be single use events. Uh, and then the top left of that card will be what you have to pay cost wise in credits. And then you play out the abilities and then you trash it. And then you can also install an agenda, an asset, an upgrade, or ice. Uh, Agendas are long-term goals, and that's what you're trying to uh, plus up, basically, so that you can get your agenda points. Assets and upgrades represent the holdings of the core, and ice is your security software to stop runners. For an additional one credit, you can advance one of your installed cards. So that's what you, so you would pay a click. And then you would pay a credit and you could advance one of your cards. And then once you've advanced it all the way to its desired endpoint, which it'll say on the card, then you get the points, the agenda points that are listed on the card. And then finally, for two credits, you can remove a tag, uh, which play into certain cards that give bonuses based on the types of tags. For three clicks, so that's basically all your clicks, the pur- the core can purge all their virus counters. Uh, and viruses are something that a hacker can install, obviously. 
And then sometimes you'll have additional actions that are granted by cards, and then they'll have individual click and uh, credit prices on them. And then finally, you go to your discard phase. Uh, your hand limit starts at five. So you can gain additional ha- uh, cards in your hand from uh, cards that you play. So you have to discard down to your hand limit. Then it goes over to the runner. The runner's turn works in two phases. The action phase where they're going to gain four clicks. Then they're going to resolve any of their when your turn begins abilities. They'll take an action until they run out of clicks. The basic actions uh, for a single click, you can gain a credit. You can gain a card. So you can see the big difference between the the corporation, the core and the runner is that the core will always gain cards, whereas the runner has to pay their clicks to gain cards. They can play an event card, which work like the core's operation cards. They can install a program, a resource or hardware, and then they can make a run on a server. And this is how you get agendas. For an additional two credits, you can remove a tag and then additional actions from played cards. And then finally, discard phase, you can never have more than five cards and the runner doesn't have an ability to gain more cards in their hand. So it's always five. So you discard down to five. The core has three central servers and they count. Those servers are basically routes to the headquarters, which is the hand, the R&D, which is the draw deck and the heap or the archives, which are the core. Uh, And you can pull stuff out of there if you can successfully make that run. But then the core can also build remote servers. um, And so you can make runs on those as well. Uh, They can play upgrades face down to their central servers and assets agendas to their remote servers. They play ice in front of these servers to protect them. Runners will use their cards to get through the ice if it's present and get access to the root files where the assets agendas upgrades are. The runner is going to play cards face up and pay for them at install. The core will play their cards face down and pay to activate them. The player who reaches seven agenda points first is the winner. And then uh, just because all of that was quite confusing, I wrote down some general strategies that I found. So for the runner, in the opening turns, you want to play cards that make you money and then run servers where you think the core's defenses look weak. And if you don't know what to do, draw a card. And then the general strategy for the core in the opening turns is get some money, either with clicks or cards, install ice to protect your headquarters, and install ice to protect your R&D. So protect your hand and protect your deck. And that's it. Hack the planet. We just finished a game of Android Netrunner to recap Kiwi the corporate guy had four agenda points and i the runner got seven agenda points through theft yep (laughs) winning strategy i guess as i kind of figured it out and understood what all the decks and stuff were i i realized i had to get into um your deck because you didn't have agendas um and i would be finding them there so uh and then yeah, I, just, I had some stuff that helped me do that, kind of. Yeah, I just, I just yeah, wasn't, dra- I, was, I just wasn't drawing any. And then, yeah. like, you were able to steal them because you, you had that one uh, virus card that just let, like, let you, just let you roll through my cards. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Which I imagine is kind of a card for that situation. Yep. Um, which is like, because I, I think halfway through, I was like, what? 
He's like, why is he not playing any agendas? And I was like, maybe. And I think I said that. I was like, why? What happens if you just never play them? And I was like, oh, they're in his deck. How do? Where's that? How do I get in there? Yeah. Um, and then I kind of figured that out. But yeah. yeah. And then I was trying to like, I mean, initially I was trying to to protect up Remoser. And then like the first time I had an agenda, I didn't realize that I could only have one card in the remote server. And so when I played the next card, the program oh. just like was like, oh, you have to discard one. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. And then I didn't realize like what it was doing. Yep. Uh, so that like, and then all you had to do was get into the archives, which was unprotected. and like Which that. I did without yep. having any idea what I was doing. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the first time I got it, I was like, oh, here's an agenda. I don't, don't know where I found that at, but I'll take yep. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So there was a lot of just luck and kind of random stuff happening because yeah which, which, which yeah yeah exactly yeah, I, I think, think we'll get it. into with like kind of the complexity of it but yeah yep um oh sorry this was the score has been updated it was in fact eight agenda points yep, that eight I stole. agenda points yeah uh, well i think you only st- you only stole five <laughs> <laughs> um the theme uh did you feel like a red team blue team hacker thing going on no, I think the name, like the words that they, which we can get into that later, but I, I think the theme came out in like the pictures and the words, not necessarily like the actual gameplay itself. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like you're protecting a thing and I had to get through the defenses, but I, I mean, maybe the theme was kind of aligned to TV hacking. Yeah, like that, like the cheesy, uh, like, like yeah, what, yeah, what people you think see, hacking like, is. But through their real. barrier defenses and crack through their, yeah, you know, like some some like yeah. geeky guy with like glasses and like a bad haircut, like just tapping yeah. away on a keyboard, like did not doing anything. But it didn't really, I mean, didn't really capture actual, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> network security, <laughs> which is probably a good thing for a game. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, table presence. What'd you think of the? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a card game. So like, yeah, seeing the cards stack up and hearing people talk, like, I'm not sure it's like big enough or flashy enough to like make me stop and look. So like, I I think it's the same as like any other card game, really. Yeah. I think compared to magic, I think magic has a a bit more interesting art on it. This felt a bit more average. Sure. Yep. It didn't quite. I think sometimes when I mess around with magic, I'm like, Ooh, that's a cool looking card. I don't think that happened at all on this one. I, I don't even think I looked at the pictures. Mechanics. Uh, How did you feel about, I guess, compared to magic is mostly what our comparison is going to be. Unless you remember Star Wars SW or uh, oh, CCG. Man, I, I, don't, I don't even remember how to play that one. Nope. Uh, I remember it was I, very complicated. Yes. I, and I'm pretty sure I never played it correctly as a kid. Um, yeah. I, I think... I, th- I think the one, so like in magic, you have to pay the cost up front to like play your spells or what do they call them? Instants and creatures and stuff. Whereas in this one for the core, you could play that card down and all you have to do is spend the click and it's later on that you actually activate it. So I, I thought that was interesting because you kind of like have, there were times where it was just like, well, there's stuff I'd like to do, but I need to save these credits for later just in case he makes a run on the server so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do that and then there was one where it was like finally i had the credits for the card that i wanted to play but then you played a run that made it more expensive and i couldn't activate it Mm -hmm. it was like it was a card that was like do two net damage 
and then you were able to jack out. And then if you didn't, I could do two more net damage. So like potentially get rid of four of your cards. Yeah, so which would really probably hoping. kill me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like, that's what I was hoping you would do. So, uh, yeah. I think there are some interesting elements with that. And like you had those virus cards uh, and the, I think the tags. Um, and then one of the things that we didn't see was there's actually meat damage as well, which like <laughs> does different stuff uh, also. So like there's like different types of damage. So I, yeah. I think the elements are interesting. And with the face down cards, like there's, there's some level of because uh, you got rid of the card that I wanted to play in in the server that had that like take two net damage and then take two net damage again. It was yep. like a fake agenda that I could put advancements on. And then when you hit it, it would also do net damage. Yeah. That, that would have been a, a bad one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, there was a lot of interesting things like that. Um, it was the asymmetry was, was cool. Yep. Interesting. Yours was, was kind of got to play like a guessing game with you and you're trying to do decoys and stuff. It's interesting. You can see like what programs I have available. Cause like, I think, the one because I had to hit the R and D, and you had gotten rid of my the ability to get through that one, and it did damage to me, which could have cost me if I got unlucky in that um finding your agenda. Yeah, like, that could have worn me down pretty quick because uh, I didn't have access to that card that could get through it. And I didn't. I don't know. If, maybe I didn't see it, but they didn't really have a way to get something out of my discard pile. Yeah, so the fact that you got rid, you sure. could have gotten rid of that early, and I would have just been without it the whole game. Yeah. Um, but maybe maybe there was another card I just hadn't gotten. Um, I was kind of worried about that. I was like, man, he got rid of my only ability to deal with this one, and I've got to go through this deck. So, um, And I, I can definitely see why people who are into these types of games kind of enjoy this one. It seemed like there's a lot of complex strategy and com- just a lot of complexity to it that if you played it a lot, you'd get really into. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that you know we played with the the decks that come in the starter box, and so there really isn't a deck building aspect to it. Like we played with everything that you could possibly get, mm-hmm. um, including we, we did the booster as well. So like it, it actually tells you like, Hey, just play with the starter box. And then once you've played a game or two with that, then throw in these booster cards that add some extra stuff. So like the virus and the tags that came from the booster. But I was like, ah, screw that. We're going to play with these two. Uh, I think that, yeah. I think those, those were, it wasn't too much. I didn't think. But yeah, then, then you could get into the other boxes and stuff and like you could pretend like, you know, then it gets into the whole like, you know, there there's a genre of people who enjoy like reading cards and realizing like, oh, this breaks the game or like, oh, you know, if I do this, this and this and I combo off these three cards, I can do, you know, X, Y, Z and do like and land this big old thing. Yeah. So and those people are why I don't play magic. Uh, rules. It was this is kind of a tricky one. It was hard to pick up. There was a lot to it, but it wasn't like super hard. Maybe a little bit more difficult than magic, but it wasn't like incredibly challenging. Um, and then strategy wise, there was a lot to it. So yeah. I think base rules, it was not too hard. Maybe probably a little overwhelming if you've never played any other kind of these card games. Right. But the strategy wise, that felt like there was a lot that I just didn't, didn't see. <laughs> I felt like I didn't see a lot. So, yeah, I could see like you would need to play with these cards a couple of times before you would even start looking at new cards to even yeah. know like, OK, what would be good and what would be bad and what do I want to like change out? Because I, I think you would really need to have like a pretty good understanding of just generally the mechanics and stuff. And mm-hmm. and it kind of seems like, you know, as the core or the runner, you could almost have like 
there's probably some like general strategies, but for the most part, like you could probably like, oh, when I play core, I always do this. And it could probably be different for different players. Same thing with like the runner. You know, you could build a deck that plays to a certain play style. Yep. Uh, I can tell like mechanics wise and rule. I absolutely hate when games change the standard names of things. Like, yeah. Just called a, like I, I I understand what they're doing. They're trying to make it like more thematic, but holy crap! Just like just uh, call it a draw pile. Just call it the hand. We just were call three fourths into the game when I was like, "What is R and D?" And you're like, "That's my deck." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, I great." I, mean, I even put it in my rules summary that was like, "Okay, we're gonna do this thing that it just increases confusion." Yeah. So it's yeah, like it's just, really annoying. Just please stop doing that. Yeah. It's so bad. Not there was bad. a point too. I looked at my thing. I was like, when do I get access to my grip? Uh, that's my hand. Like, <laughs> you had oh. access the whole time. I was like, time. it says three. It went from four to three and I just played a card. I figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, player interaction. Um, I mean, obviously it's a head to head game. So there's a lot of it, but it's, it's one of those, like, it's like a chess. There's not a lot of table talk. Uh, yeah. It, it's kind of like when you play like online magic and, no, and you don't have to talk to the other person. Yep, um, which is which can be nice. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, it doesn't really. It, if you want an interactive game, it's not that. Yep. Yeah, you're you're playing against a person, but yeah, it doesn't really get too interactive. Ah, uh, would you play it again? I, I'm going to say no because I don't think I would find a person who would enjoy it enough to want to play it as many times as we would need to play it in order to like have a yep. really good grasp on the game, but. I absolutely understand why people love this game. Yeah, uh, I'd say I'm in the same boat. If I could fast forward to, if I could Matrix style download an understanding of this game, I might be interested in playing it more, but I'm not interested in learning it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there is there is a, a level of commitment that you would have to make to be good at the game to get enjoyment out of it that I'm not willing to make. Yeah. And it was the same with magic. Like I was playing the, when they, the arena or whatever they came out with, yeah. we played a bit and I was like, this is actually pretty fun. And then I was just, I kind of was like, okay, I, I don't, there's too many cards and I don't really want to learn them all. And I just sort of lost interest pretty quickly. Yep. Yeah. So probably the same boat here, but I, I don't, I do think I like, I like the style of it. So yep. it was interesting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I, you, you know, honestly, like, yeah, I don't think I would search it out to play again, but somebody like, no, I don't. Yeah. I I think it's too much. I don't, I don't even think if somebody was like, hey, do you want to play Netrunner? If you ask me right now, I, I might say yes. But if you asked me in like six months, I'd be like, I remember that game and it was complicated and I just don't want to. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to keep bring it, out another card game that's, you know, not too difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll keep it a no. That was Android Netrunner. Uh, if you have any recommendations of games you'd like to hear our impressions on, please send them our way. You can do it via email at firstturntabletop at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at firstturncast. And the podcasting camel says as he's, he's jacking in and he's like tip tap typing and he, he's just like, uh, please don't forget to rate and review and subscribe on your favorite uh, podcast. Oh, I'm, I'm through the first barrier. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, play more games. Do one net damage if you trash a card with a printed play or install cost that is an odd number and the run. Zero <laughs> is not hot. <laughs> okay. Uh... Hey 
And every time you paid two rupees, you would gain a strength. So you would have to increase the strength of the program and then you could interface with the ice. So that's where the strength comes in. Does that make sense? Nope, but we'll figure it out when I get there. Okay. So I was just going to start advancing it and make you think. Foiled your brilliant plan with my unbrilliant plan. (laughs) 